Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's living legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Broadway Curtain. And make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's living legends. Our guest this week is the definition of a legend. Not only was he an original cast member of the original Broadway company of Oklahoma, he also appeared in the original companies of Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, Can Can, and Me and Juliet. His years of hard work and incredible talent were rewarded in 1973 with the Tony Award for his hysterical performance as Madame Lucy in Irene. And at 93 years young, he shows no signs of slowing down. To tell us what it was like to work with such legends as Rodgers and Hammerstein, Cole Porter, and Sir John Gielgud, here joining us via telephone from his New York City apartment is George S. Irving. You know when when you when you uh, when you picked up, I wanted to ask you: Is this David Horowitz, the famous actor, and see if he would go into the song? <laughs> thank you so, thank you, uh, so uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so happy to have you. Well, it's a pleasure to do it. So let me ask you: It's myself and our, our co-host Kevin David Thomas. Um, first question I want to ask you is: How did you get started in musical theater? Was it something that was in your family, or was it something that you acquired on your own? No, I uh, discovered when I was about ten years old that I could sing, and I used to sing in the synagogue choir, and uh, I was. Uh, the soprano soloist. I could sing the bell song from Lock Me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I could, uh, I sang from a very early age on. Um, after high school, I got a, um, a scholarship to a dramatic school in Boston. Uh, it was the, the the war had just started, and this school needed <laughs> boys who were tall with deep voices. <laughs> and you fit the bill. Wow. That's you. And I stayed for a year. This was in, Bo- in Boston. Did you grow up in Boston? No. Springfield, Massachusetts. In Boston, this was a school that was right behind the Gardner Museum, and next door to the Boers Latin School. Very nice location. And after a year of that, uh, I figured I'm uh, ready for the big time. (laughs) (laughs) Did they train you in singing and acting and everything, or was it just singing? At school, we did uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Were you able to see a lot of theater in Springfield and Boston? No, I didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah. well, well, it's nice, nice to know, to know some things, things never change. change. <laughs> no, I went, the, I went to see uh, uh, Blossom Time. Oh, yes. The Romberg musical. Oh, any memories of that? At the Schubert Theater. It was very nice, except I... <clears throat> made the mistake of buying a container of the Schubert 
orange juice, <laughs> which laid me up for a couple of days. <laughs> well, well I'm, I'm happy you. I'm happy you survived that. Do you remember what your first professional show was after school? Well, yeah. Uh, I auditioned uh, for the Schuberts for a, a, a job in the chorus of a touring company of the Student Prince. Oh, my. This was 1941. Uh-huh. I remember because we were playing Washington when Pearl Harbor was attacked. Oh, wow. So, uh, but we persisted and had a, a long tour. Isn't it true that the chief naval officer was at the performance of the student prince? Uh, his name was Harold Stark. I guess they didn't have... Uh, Cell phones and those yeah. things. <laughs> what a great story, though. Wow. And then did, did you go into the Army uh, immediately following the attack on Pearl Harbor? And no, I wasn't drafted right away, and I certainly wasn't going to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in the summer of 42, I got a job uh, in the chorus and playing small parts at the St. Louis Municipal Opera. Mm-hmm. That was a good job. We did a Gershwin musical called The Song of the Flame, a, 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 Russian, a Russian musical he made. And then um, when did Oklahoma come into your life? Uh, well... We did eight shows that summer, uh, one a week, and the the closing show was Showboat, and we had Norma Terrace in the lead. Oh, wow. She was the original uh, girl, and she was wonderful. Yeah, and I I remember it. dress rehearsal it was frantic she was running around and i remember her boob popped out of her dress (laughs) (laughs) well we were all thrilled to death (laughs) (laughs) who wouldn't be again some things never change (laughs) some things never change (laughs) but uh, she was quite wonderful Uh, and as a matter of fact about 50 years later I was playing Captain Andy in Showboat mm-hmm. in in Florida, and she was living there. And I think it was the 50th anniversary of the opening at uh, the Ziegfeld Theater, wow. and she was in the audience. Oh my goodness! And uh, and uh, I, after the show, I introduced her from the stage, and our uh, Ravenel took a big uh, mess of roses off the stage out into the house and gave it to her. Wow. Uh-huh. And so you were, do- you, you were doing Showboat at, uh, in, uh, at the Muni, and then uh, how did Oklahoma come in? Well, 
it was a dress rehearsal. The dress rehearsals uh, were done in the daytime, and uh, the the guy who was playing uh, old man singing old man river lost his voice. So an actor named John Tyres, who played the handsomest leading man in the West, uh, moved up to that part, and I moved up to John's part. And by just by fluke, Oscar Hammerstein was there, <laughs> and he he took the rehearsal, and uh, so I got to know him a little, and then. Uh, Later on, when uh, they were uh, creating Oklahoma, I sent him a letter, and he said, come and audition, and I did, and I got into the chorus. Uh, incredible. Do you remember what you used to sing uh, for auditions? <laughs> yeah. For that audition, I sang uh, from music in the air. One of his shows, uh-huh. I sang, uh, I told every little star just how sweet I think you are. Why haven't I told you? Uh, <laughs> I just happened to know the song. Oh, my gosh. I wasn't trying to romance him or anything. <laughs> <laughs> but you did. You did. That's great. Oh my God. But I got hired. Oh, wow. And do you remember where Oklahoma tried out? We opened in New Haven. I was going to say, did the show change a lot from the rehearsal process to when it eventually got to Broadway? They, they dropped a number. They dropped a number. Called Boys and Girls. Boys and girls like you and me. Uh, they dropped that. Uh, that was nice because a girl ran out on stage and I ran after her and <laughs> grabbed her and kissed her. And <laughs> and uh, Ruben Mamoulian didn't like the way I did it. So he oh. showed me how to properly embrace a girl. Mamoulian <gasps> taught me. <laughs> <laughs> you owe him a bouquet of flowers That's as right. well. <laughs> The first day of rehearsal at the Guild Theater, it was empty, empty stage, and just the radiators hung on the back wall of the stage. And uh, he started the rehearsal, and he said, "Look how like, uh, how like a, oh, what did he say? Uh, like, like a temple. This uh, this stage." Mm -hmm. where we begin our work. And he got very rhapsodic. Mm -hmm. What made him? Didn't like him. <laughs> oh, really? How come? I don't know. Alpha told me later that didn't like him. I thought he was a wonderful director. What made him such a good director? Uh, he knew what he wanted. He And he, uh, he set a scene, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps. Yeah, Agnes sort of floundered around, and uh, was that that was her first big job, correct? 
first big Broadway job. And what was it like working with, with her? Oh, she was nice. I liked her. Yeah. I wasn't I was not a dancer. So that helped. Young boys, so that was okay. Yeah. Um did you did you guys know that you had such a big hit on your hands? I didn't know. I was twenty years old. I'd hardly ever gone to the theater. I had no money. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but I I knew good actors when I saw them. <clears throat> and uh, Alfred and uh oh, the man who played Judd uh, they well, they you... gave, they gave uh, uh, drama classes backstage. Wow. They were very serious guys. What did you learn from them? In terms of acting, did they teach you anything? Or was there anything that you picked up that you took with you from then on? No. J- just the experience of being with them, yeah. Yeah, I knew what they knew. I just hadn't done it yet. Got it. What a great way of putting it. And then uh, how long were you with Oklahoma for? Not very long. We opened, <clears throat> I think, in March. Of 43, mm-hmm. and uh, I got my draft notice. Oh. So I gave my notice to the show, and they and I was out. They hired another guy. Wow. And then the draft board said, we're full up. We don't need you this month. Oh. So I went up the street where uh, Lady in the Dark was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Grady Lawrence, and uh, I knew they needed a chorus boy there, so I auditioned for Moss Hart and Maurice of Bravenel, and they hired me, <laughs> and and they built these gorgeous costumes from me, mm-hmm. and I, I rehearsed for a week, and the night I went in, the damn draft board called. Yeah, we're ready for you. Oh, and my I, gosh. And I said, listen, I cannot do that to these people. They just put me in the show. you got to give me a month or so. Yeah. And and they did. Wow. That's crazy. Um, So, so well, you got to go on stage, though, with Gertrude Lawrence? What was that like? What was it like working with her? So, so many newer actors don't really remember her. She was a very quiet woman, didn't talk much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, she, we had a revolve in that show, and um, it was one of the first revolves on Broadway. There's this great big round thing on an axle sitting on in the stage. And uh, when they would uh, uh, be playing a scene in front of it, they would put a drop covering half of the revolve, play the scene in front, and set up the next scene in back on the the revolve. Well, when she was playing in front, uh, downstage of the revolve, if you walked around, 
upstage behind where they were setting up, it wiggled. It, it, the goddamn thing was on its axle, and it wiggled. And that infuriated her. Mm-hmm. I mean, people had to go on on tiptoe back there and, and be sure not to jiggle the thing. Right, because it would distract her. It was probably distracting, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was she was nice to watch. She was a good actress. Oh yeah, not, not much of a singer, no. but uh, good actress, cla- classy actress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, you went off to serve in was it the army or the navy or marines? The army, yeah. In the army, and how long were you in the army for? What? How long were you in the army for? Oh, I don't know about almost three years. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a long time. You were there for, for quite some time. Um, then you came back, and you came back to New York City? Yes. It's interesting. Uh, I, I should have been sent to Europe because I went to a very progressive high school, and I had uh, French, German, and Italian classes. Wow. Oh. Springfield was a wonderful city then. Yeah. And so naturally, I should have been sent to Europe. Uh, But it so happened that at Fort Dix, where I was, uh, that was the the replacement depot, um, I, I... sat around there for several weeks. And then one day, everybody on my street of tents was herded into a big thing, like almost uh, an airplane hangar with a hundred desks and a lieutenant behind each desk. Mm-hmm. And in turn, we were called down to a lieutenant to be... Uh, um, uh, uh, questioned, examined, mm-hmm. and my lieutenant, just by a fluke, uh, was the husband of uh, Celeste Holm. What <laughs> from Oklahoma? <laughs> no way. Uh, he used to come up and visit his wife. <sighs> what are the odds of that happening? I mean. Okay. I should have been in the trenches in Europe. Holy crap. That's you know, amazing. with a, a, a sergeant saying, uh, hey, George, you get down there at that farmhouse, ask them if they've seen any krauts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could just imagine knocking on the door and boom, a pistol in my face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it could have gone another direction for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, instead, he sent me to a special service company that was training in the middle of, uh, Illinois, and, uh, after a year, we were sent to Brooklyn, got on a ship, went down the coast, mm-hmm. and we're wearing winter clothes. Mm-hmm. So I thought we're going to make a left and go to England. Mm-hmm. And, but no, we kept going. 
down around Florida. I thought, well, we're going to North Africa. Not a chance. We kept going through the Panama Canal and out to the Pacific. And uh, we made a stop at uh, New Caledonia for water. We, we were on the on that fucking ocean for a month. Oh, zigzagging because we had no uh, no escort, and there were subs around. Yeah, but we we made it to Guadalcanal, and uh, and that's where they unloaded me. And from Guadalcanal, we went up to. Bougainville, Munda, Luzon, and then after they dropped the bomb, we were uh, <clears throat> we were uh, occupation troops in Seoul, Korea. Wow! I never fired a rifle in anger, uh-huh. and uh, uh, never. Well, we. Uh, the first night in Bougainville, a Japanese bomber came over. I think it was the last one they had. Yeah. And he dropped a bomb. Well, <laughs> first he dropped a flare, which is terrifying. The whole island turns to daylight. Wow. And they dropped this bomb, and he hit our beer dump. Oh. So the whole <laughs> Damn it. island. Yeah. The whole island smelled like a brewery. <laughs> but you couldn't drink any because it was gone. <laughs> yeah. And then he flew off. And uh... wow. Do you remember but, the first the first yeah. show you did when you came back yeah. from the army? Yeah, it was a review called "Call Me Mister." But anyway, did you prefer doing shows like that where it was sketches and songs or did you like you know something you know along the lines of an Oklahoma where you played one character throughout did you have a preference oh i i like i like reviews it was a, lots of sketches lots of songs on with the pants and yeah. off with the pants <laughs> yeah. Now, the, call me mister wasn't the only review you did right i think you also did uh two's company that was later. That, that was, was later. later. And that was, was all... with Betty Davis. That, that was, with, was the Betty that Davis. That was with Betty Davis. And then what was along Fifth Avenue? That was a review. Uh, a man named Arthur Lester produced that. Uh, he, he uh, I don't know where he came from, but he spoke French all the time. He and his cohort... <laughs> and Arthur used to Arthur used to sit on a chair with a quart of milk on the floor next to him, and he was always sucking on that milk bottle. <laughs> and well, that, that's, he had uh, uh, an ulcer. Oh, milk is the only remedy for ulcers. Oh, for ulcers. Wow. Yeah, Lehman Angle conducted. Um, did did you get to know him quite well? Very well. I dressed with him. <clears throat> oh, you guys shared a dressing room together? Yeah, three of us. Uh, Layman and uh, Harry Clark and myself. 
Now, this along Fifth Avenue cast, it's Nancy Walker and Jackie Gleason. This is a and you, this is a very funny funny group of people. Do you have any memories of working with either Jackie Gleason or Nancy Walker? Unpleasant. <laughs> both of them or, or just one of them? He was he was a little insufferable. I, I didn't have much to do with him, but I hear that. I, I I don't think you're the only one that has that opinion. And what about Nancy Walker? Nancy was okay. Yeah, they both they both went off into television and seemed to find their, their success, success there. there. Yes. Um, gentlemen prefer blondes. No, I, I had gone to Europe for a few months uh, doing... Uh, the two little operas of John uh, Carlo Manotti. Oh yeah, oh, I love wonderful, Manotti. wonderful pieces. Yeah. And did did you work with Manotti? Oh yeah, a oh, lovely man, a very nice Italian. Um, we played uh, London <clears throat> for I don't know a month and a half. And uh, and we were going to come back home, but they suddenly got a gig in Paris. Oh. So there happened to be a French translation in the score. Oh, wow. So we learned it in French, and uh, uh, Sam Barber came over. Oh. He was, he was uh, uh, Giancarlo's pal. That's right. And Sam was fluent in French, and he coached us. And we opened in Paris with great reviews. Oh, yeah. Well, and you did a lot of the operas that, in my opinion, are more, uh, you know, theatrically inclined, you know, with the storytelling and the acting. Like yeah, there's Reg a lot of acting I, I in that. I would love to hear about Regina, what that was like, you know, working with Mark Blitzstein. Oh, but, that was wonderful. I really... Uh, that's one of my favorite operas, period. Um, yeah, um, and I don't and, know and, and why I, it's not in the repertoire. I, I could not agree more with agreed. you. It is, so, it is so perfectly written to me. What was that experience like, and how did that come about? Uh, I, I just auditioned for it. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how it came about. Uh, well, I, I auditioned for uh, Herman... Uh, Ooh, the director. Mm -hmm. Herman. God damn it. That's okay. We'll look it up. Great man. Uh, well, and he liked me. He liked my acting. Mm -hmm. And I got hired. And uh, he had carte blanche at uh, City Opera. <clears throat> and he rehearsed the thing as a play for two weeks. What? Oh, that's, oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's incredible. It, it was great. Well, you can you can tell because in the recording, I mean, the acting is is superb. I mean, Brenda Lewis and you and everyone is just, uh, it's more than just pretty singing, and it is fantastic singing, but it's definitely acted. And George, had you seen the Little Foxes when it first had come out? I saw the movie. Yeah. You saw the you movie. Saw the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
do do you enjoy that sort of rehearsal process where you know you work on the text first and then you can you can get into all the the music absolutely yeah it was just wonderful then we then mark came and we put the music to it and mark played all the rehearsals did he oh he wow. was our rehearsal pianist <laughs> oh and, my goodness and he made little changes not yeah. much and oh, uh is it true that you recorded the show after a performance? Oh, yeah. We oh. went to a studio someplace on the east side and uh, and did it. I, I can't remember whether we had the band there. Um, Can-Can. Can-Can. Oh, yeah. I was... I was in something, and uh, and I left that. Two's company, I wonder. I guess so. Yeah. And then uh, they came and uh, asked me to to replace Hans Conried. Oh, wow! Such a funny actor. <laughs> Such a funny actor. I enjoyed that. Do you remember who was in the cast with you? Uh, a French woman named Lilo. Lilo. Lilo yeah. was in it with you. And uh, and uh, Gwen Verdon. Of course. Oh yes. Of oh course. my gosh. What? W- Toast. I was just going to ask you what was that like to watch her do that every night? Uh, she she was in the theater six o'clock every night. Down on the stage. Wow. We called her Dusty Buttocks. She had, <laughs> <laughs> she had her jeans on. <clears throat> and um, she was down there rehearsing by, by herself. Uh, uh, she was uh, uh, a, a dancer from... Choreographer in Hollywood. What mm-hmm. the hell? Is it Jack Cole? Yeah. Jack yeah. Cole, of course, yeah. He was a Jack Cole dancer. <laughs> I remember we had a number together where we sang verses at each other, yelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, when it came to her verse, she stomped her foot and turned away and sang it. Well, oh. one night, she stomped on my foot. Oh! And I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> she had legs like oak trees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were beautiful, but oh my God. Strong. <laughs> Strength. Strength. Oh, well. Um, did you have any run-ins with Cole Porter at that time? I never met him. You never met him? Oh, never you, met him. Because it, 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 it was already up and running when you joined it. Great show. And speaking of great shows, Me and Juliet, which is one of my favorites that I wish would come back more often, because I think it's got such a marvelous score. Do you have any memories of working on Me and Juliet? Oh, George Abbott was the director of yeah. that, wasn't he? Yeah. I... <clears throat> Bill Hayes. Remember him? 
Yeah. Great, great. Bill Hayes went to bat for me in that show. They were all set to, they were hiring some comic to play the conductor. And Bill said, no, you need a, a musician. And he convinced them to audition me. Oh. And I had to conduct a little something. <laughs> so, and I got it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How fun. Do you, do, you, do you remember what it was like working with Rodgers and Hammerstein on this? Oh, sure. Um, they, they wrote new stuff, changed stuff. They were very fast at <coughs> working. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, <coughs> the fastest was Irving Berlin. My wife worked with him. Mm -hmm. And she said uh, he was amazing. He would do these wonderful numbers overnight. Amazing. I, I once heard that, I don't know if this is true, but that he wrote There's No Business Like Show Business in a Taxi Cab on his way to rehearsal. I <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Did you guys think Me and Juliet was going to be a big success? Yes. Yeah, we loved the show. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I forget how long we ran. We had a re respectable run. I think. yeah. It's a beautiful score. I I wish that you know there'd be a revival of it somewhere. A smaller theater company would pick it up because about a year. I think it's gorgeous. It ran about a year or so. It's yeah, that's respectable. Yeah, you're right. And then uh, your wife, an incredibly incredibly talented actress. How did you two meet each other? In call me Mister. Oh. oh, she was the ballerina, a showmance, <laughs> a show romance. Yeah, yeah. It oh. happened after a year oh, of really? each other. Yeah. Oh wow. Did, did, was it was it love at first sight? Were you trying to play hard to get? No. <laughs> we <were> just <laughs> otherwise engaged. <laughs> That's that's wonderful. She's so talented, so talented. Do you remember what she worked with Irving Berlin on? Miss Liberty. Oh, Miss Liberty. Miss Liberty. Very, very cool. Um, and so then, oh yeah, go ahead. She danced with Ralph Lynn. Oh. Bambi's brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Bambi is alive, by the way. Who was? Yeah, she, she was in Oklahoma. Are, yeah. She and I are the only uh, uh, <laughs> relics of that <laughs> show. She's in Florida, married to a man named De Jesus. De Jesus? De Jesus. De Jesus. Wow. So she married Jesus. Basically. She married. <laughs> she did pretty well for herself. Um, and then after me and Juliet closes um you do a lot of live television it seems a lot of producer showcase and and stuff like that is that correct uh <clears throat> can't remember now hmm. that's that's okay but you also do a lot of voiceover work 
in addition to your the- in, in addition to your theater work. Do you enjoy doing that? Is that is that fulfilling and exciting? Sure. It was boring but lucrative. And I'm uh, living on the pension now. Good. Yes, As well you should. You gave yeah. so much joy to so many people. You deserve do. it and yeah. still do. Um, well, well, I did a cockamamie thing where I was a character called the Heat Miser. Yeah. Yes. And a year with no Santa Claus. A year with no Santa Claus. <laughs> and That's... I'm famous for that. You, you are. are. I, I watch it every year, George. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Everyone watches it. And people send me pictures of that to autograph. Oh, my goodness. I mean, oh, you really? Could, you could play Hamlet every night for 20 years. Nobody knows you. But you do a silly thing like that. No, it's true. Alec Guinness, the famous actor, used to lament that everyone only knew him from his Star Wars movies, but not from his Shakespeare. It's very similar. Yeah. You know. Um, Irma LaDuce. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was your experiences like working on Irma LaDuce? She had a piece of business where Fred Gwynn and I were on either side of her. And she reached around and slapped each of us oh. on the cheek. And when a dancer slaps you, you are slapped. And Uh-oh. Fred had a big jaw or something. That really caught that <laughs> the yeah. blow, <laughs> and he finally said, "I can't do it. No I can't more. do it anymore." He went to the director, so she punched us in the belly thereafter. <laughs> and now the director was the famous Peter Brook, correct? Yes, lovely man. Oh. What made it, what makes him such a good director for those of us who have never been in the rehearsal room with him? He got everything just right. He knew just he knew just what to do. Some directors have got it. With any directors that you 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 just didn't feel that you you got along with, and and how did you guys get out of that those issues? Well, the director of of uh, Alfie wasn't crazy about me. And he made a few derogatory remarks, like, we may have to replace you. Oh, <laughs> come on. But I uh, got out of that. Yeah, that's yeah, insecurity. Yeah. That's insecurity. Um, I, I, I played the, the uh, oh, the mm-hmm, awful mm-hmm. man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who gets rid of her baby yeah. Oh, M- Mr. Smith, the, yeah. the, the abortionist. Smith. The oh, abortionist. Geez. Oh, yeah. wow. Was that one of your first plays, you know, without music? Uh, I think you had done one other one on Broadway. But uh, did you make a conscious transition to not do shows, but just to do plays instead? I, I took whatever I could get. <laughs> like that's a, the right answer. That sounds like an actor I to had, me. That's right. Um, you, you I got was raising na- two kids and mm-hmm. the rent to pay. Oh yeah. Now, do you you worked with Vivian Leigh, and I think her only musical is that right? Her only musical. Yes. Yeah. And I think it was a tough time for her too. I believe. Well, it was. She was not in the best of health. Hmm. 
Um, and what part did you play in, in Tovarich? The husband. Oh, her, hus her husband. Yeah. Wow. And what's it like sharing the stage with uh, someone like Vivian Lee, this, this great icon that most people know from, you know, Gone with the Wind and her film work? She was fine. She was very, very professional, of course. <clears throat> um, she was still bitter about Olivier. Oh, really? She had a big picture of him in her dressing room next to her uh, Oscar. Oh. And always referred to Lady Olivier as <laughs> that bitch. Oh, my <laughs> And she kept her Oscar in and her dressing And she kept her room. Oscar in her dressing room, which I think is also pretty amazing. Now, the 70s were really good for you. I have to ask you, an evening with Richard Nixon, which was done in 1972, so we didn't even have the, the Watergate scandal yet. Is that correct? Yeah. What was it like performing a one-man show about the current president? It wasn't one man. They were all... All oh, I'm so I'm, I'm so sorry. I apologize, but 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 you doing a majority of I mean you carrying the show. My apologies. Yeah, I never stopped. Uh, it was wonderful to do. How, how was audience reaction? What? How, how did the audience react? This is the, this was you playing their current president. Well, uh, we didn't last that long. Yeah. Uh, but I remember uh, after that show, I was in Washington with a tryout of uh, uh, Irene. Irene. And uh, Mrs. Nixon and the girls came to see it one afternoon. And. When I first got in the show, we had heel good directing, and uh, I came late to the show. So Gil good was directing it originally. Yeah. And when I came to audition, he said, "Now you know the part is a, a, an extravagant dress designer." So you may be as extravagant as you like, dear boy. <laughs> so he gave you permission to be as extravagant as you wanted. Wow. Uh, yes. And, and how I extravagant? Did, and I you gave, did. <laughs> I gave him a wild audition. And uh, he hired me. Wow. And you played Madame Lucy? Yeah. And you won a Tony Award for playing Madame Lucy. Yes. How wonderful. How yeah. wonderful. Did you, um, did you enjoy the rehearsal process of, of putting up Irene? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh. And what's it like to be directed by Sir John Gielgud? Uh, well, he, he, I always, everybody called him Sir John. <laughs> Sir and, John. He, and he said, call me John, call me John. But nobody could. <laughs> Nobody could. You have to call him Sir John. Um, yeah. What what made him such a good director? He wasn't. No, yeah. Mm. 
Um, he wasn't at all. <laughs> Just... No, he didn't know how to do a big musical. Yeah. He was way over his head. He used to leave his script on the stage at night when he went <laughs> home. <laughs> Whoops. But uh, and, a lovely and, man. <laughs> an old friend of mine is, is Jack Lee, who was the original music director on oh, that. Oh, yeah, And Jack. Jack, he would tell me a story that I think you had a tryout in Toronto, I believe. And is that where Gilgood left the show at, at some point when you were out of town still? Is that true? Uh, yes. And I feel uh, like... When we moved to uh, Philadelphia... Mm-hmm. He, he was out, and he was in the next hotel room to me, oh, and I, I could hear his phone calls. Oh. He was saying, he said, well, I, I can't do anything with Debbie, I, uh, but, you know, I have a run-of-the-play contract, and I'm not leaving by myself. So uh, he had a run-of-the-play, and they had to pay him for the wow. whole run. Wow. Which I thought was wonderful. <laughs> he, he, he lucked out. He lucked out. And then, um, you know, you're, you're so synonymous with the Butler song from So Long 174th Street. Oh, yeah. uh, how did that come about, the show? Uh, I, was, I was in Hollywood uh, doing as a a series which failed mm -hmm. and we did around five or six and uh, somebody called me I who the hell was it I don't know and they and they sent me the music and they sort of wanted me yeah it was and a pitch to learn Oh, but it's so funny. It's did did the song change a lot from the uh, what you got oh, no. originally? No, that was it. That's a yeah, funny song. He's a great man. What's his name? Stan Daniels. Stan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't think a great musical theater writer who didn't actually do a lot of musicals. I think after that. No, he worked for the. Mary Tyler Moore. Or yeah, Mary he was a, a TV uh, guy. He wrote, and he wrote he did Taxi. Scripts, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, you know, we just had Lonnie Ackerman uh, interviewed, who oh, was your, yeah. your co-star. You know, why do you think the show didn't last as long as it should have? Because it's a marvelous, marvelous show. I don't know. Hmm. We, were, <clears throat> we were uptown. And at Lincoln Center, really. Oh, the Harkness Theater. Yeah. Oh, you were uptown, uptown, uptown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what Lonnie said, too. She yeah. said she thought it was because the location of the theater didn't help. And now, they did this at the York recently, and you were in that as well, correct? Yeah. Interlaughing. Yeah. So it's, it's a role that you love coming back to. What makes this role so much fun for you? What do you enjoy about it? It's funny. <laughs> you know what? That's the best answer. That's it. <laughs> It's, it's, it's witty. It's, it's witty, and it's and it's it's a charming piece. And then, working with Liv Ullman on "I Remember Mama." Oh, tell us a little bit of that yeah. and Richard Rogers. Uh, 
one of Richard Rogers, I think, last scores for the theater, mm -hmm. if not the last score for mm -hmm. the theater. What yeah. was that experience like? Uh, well, uh, Marty was the director originally. Marty, what's his name? Uh, Charnin? Yeah. Yep. And he started a little affair with Leave. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, and uh, after rehearsal, they would open a bottle of champagne and not offer it around. <laughs> in front of everybody? Yeah, in their corner. Yeah, yeah, but like at the theater. Yeah, no, at the rehearsal hall. Oh, jeez, in rehearsals. At the end of the day. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, she couldn't sing, really. Yes. Uh, but she was a good actress and just a lovely girl. I just adored her. Oh, I had yeah. A, I had a death scene. I had a wonderful song, and uh, and she leaning over me as I'm dying, mm -hmm. looking at these incredible blue eyes. She was, she was something. Oh yeah, uh, truly, truly magical in that regard. Um, you did a, a show called Copperfield at one point. Um, except it, it didn't really take off too well. But um, um, do you know why? Like, what, what that experience was like? Oh, I enjoyed it. We, we, we were saying words out of Dickens. Yeah. And it doesn't get better than that. Exactly. You would think it'd be a perfect subject matter. <laughs> Lovely. It just didn't work. <laughs> After we opened, mm -hmm. uh, it's customary when you're a flop for the big star to step forward and ask the audience if they enjoyed it and would you please tell your friends and all that. That's right, to try to get the word out, try to you know yeah. get some support, of course. Well, it was, we had Lillian Gish. <laughs> and Lillian made the speech. It was a charming speech. And after she was finished in the wings, I said, Lillian, that was marvelous. If you were Jewish, I'd marry you. <laughs> and she said, with that sweet face, how do you know I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, she was delightful. Oh, man. I wish we got to see more of her on stage like that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by uh, one of the plays you did. I think it was a play. Uh, it was a series of four plays called Four on the Garden. And it was with Sid Caesar and once again Carol Channing and a young Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, was it a different play every night? Is that how it worked, or was it? Or were they small one-act plays? It was. It was four plays. Four little one-acts, and you did them all within the same evening. Yeah. 
That must have, uh, and, and it took place like in an apartment, right? Where it was each in a different floor, or in a co-op, right? Yeah, I was in it. I <clears throat> had a walk-on part with Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> a very young Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Wow. Blue and, uh, walk-ons. Uh, and, and, and I believe, oh, go ahead, sorry. I understudied to Sid. Mm-hmm. Thank God I didn't have to go on. Uh, yeah, those are some t shoes to fill, although I know you could fill them. Uh, it must have been pretty fun to, to watch him every single night uh, clown around on stage. Hey, he was okay. Yeah. He was quite nice backstage. Oh, that's good. He and told, uh, He told yeah. me a story. <laughs> he said uh, he took his father to the symphony concert this little old Jewish man. And after the concert, he said, well, Pa, how did you like it? He said, oh, that must be a very hard piece that they played. He said, why do you say that? Well, it took so many men to play it. <laughs> That's sweet. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> George, thank you so much for agreeing to do this interview and, and being our guest. I, I cannot even tell you how much we, really, we appreciate it. This has been so informative and so special for both of us and for our listeners. It really, we're just so thankful for your time. You're more than welcome. All the best to you. Bye. Tune in next week when our guest will be Artistic Director of City Center Encores, Jack Vertel. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. America, we are endowed by our creator, with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.